when do I know I'm Spider-Man? You won't. That's all it is, Miles. A leap of faith. Like, what's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? We interrupt this program to bring you... Alright everybody, my name is Kevin. My name is Adam. And I'm Julie. And we are The Real Movie Guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Real Review, the series where we review and discuss all your favorite movies. On today's episode, we're taking a look at Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Teen Miles Morales becomes the Spider-Man of his universe and must join with five spider-powered individuals from other dimensions to stop a threat for all realities. Okay guys, I have to tell you something. In 2018, I didn't know it at the time, but... It was one of those special moments for me, I think, when animation, I feel like, goes through cycles, right? There's always, like, a landmark film that'll come out and kind of, like, change the way animation's perceived and is, you know, orchestrated throughout the history. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is one of those movies for me, akin to, like, your, like, Toy Stories where, you know, oh, CGI had to jump front. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a trendsetter in and of its own because there's been so many movies that have tried to do it but never can quite do it like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse did. Lo and behold, it's also a Spider-Man movie. And I got to tell you guys, after rewatching this after so many years, you know, since it came out in 2018, this movie's amazing. It's still definitely... And this may be controversial. I think it is my favorite Spider-Man movie out of all. Now, I'm not saying it's like a better. I just think it's like the best interpretation of Spider-Man that I wanted. And ironically, it doesn't include Peter Parker. So that might you know make some people upset. But I think this just is the best interpretation of that character. Uh, let's just go around real quick. And then we'll get into some of the nitty gritty. Adam, let's talk about it. What did you think of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? I think that I like to gauge this movie specifically. For some reason, it's like with animated movies, there's so much more uh, rewatchability mm-hmm. with them for some reason. But with this movie, it's just there. Like I have seen this movie so many times yeah. because it's just so good. Uh, and, you know, I love rewatching it. Right, and there's just something so attractive about it where I either find something new I didn't see before or a sound I didn't hear. There's just, there's just something always there, and I don't know if it's just because of that amazing art style that we're going to talk about, but this movie just really, again, it came out 2018, and like animation doesn't always age the best, I think. It's something that's more noticeable than other films where you'll notice it age. This movie looks like it came out today. Yeah, it's still like a fresh coat of paint. Like I, you couldn't tell me when this movie when this movie came out. I think it's absolutely fantastic that way. And, Agreed. And the story holds up, which that that's always a plus for me. Uh, all right, Julie, how about you? What'd you think of this one? Well, first, I want to say while he isn't the protagonist, we have several Peter Parkers in this movie. Thing, mm-hmm. um, but I love love Into the Spider Verse. It is such a phenomenal movie. I mean, it's hard for me to say, like, Tobey Maguire, he's always my OG Spider-Man. Like, but this really, if you're looking big picture and storytelling-wise, it probably is the best Spider-Man movie. There's just, like Adam said, too, there's so much rewatchability, so many things you can pick out on repeated viewings. The humor is great. The animation, the sound, the music, it is such an amazing movie. 
Yeah, it just it feels so alive, this movie. Even more so than any live-action movie I can put it next to. Uh, everything just emanates from this film, whether it's just like walking down the street, like the streets feel alive, it's bustling, it's hustling, uh, the, the sound design, everything in this movie just breathes life. Uh, one of the most interesting things I want to say is I don't think people really appreciate how much of a risk I think this movie was to put Miles Morales front and center in this movie, considering all we know is Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Well, would you, I would argue he's akin to like you know Bruce Wayne as Batman or Clark Kent as Superman and Tony Stark as Iron Man. Like these are these characters have been these characters for so long. So to put a new character in the forefront, I think is incredibly brave. And it's odd that we always hear a lot of negativity. I would think around like other characters. not not so much maybe in movies because it hasn't been a thing that long, but in comic books, whenever a character's like recast, like. Years ago, they did it with Batman when Dick Grayson finally took up the mantle of Batman for a little bit. Uh, you know, we and I, we've seen it with other characters too. But Spider-Man, I feel like, is the one that it's always. I would say nine times out of ten, it's successful when another character dons that that kid, the, the the mask, right? The mask and the webs swinging around. Uh, what do you think that has to do with Adam? Because I think Spider-Man as a character. I think he is the strongest superhero character out of any anyone because I think everyone relates to him on some level. Yeah, I, I think that, like, he's got to be... I mean, if you go around and take a poll, I, I think he's got to be at least top two most right. popular superheroes of, like, all time. But how right? malleable is this character that you can take another completely different person as Miles Morales, give him a similar backstory, but still even even more engaging in some ways than Peter Parker is as a character. I think that's incredible that you can do that. And we'll see in the future. They do it multiple times over, but it's always interesting when it's done. And I, it's such a strange phenomenon for me that it works for this character. I mean, even in like just the other characters in this movie, they're all they all have their own backstories and all have their mm -hmm. own personalities, but they all work so well together. I mean, not to mention the other different uh, types of media that we've seen, you know, Spider-Man in. Right. Um, especially with the, like the video game, for example, another mm -hmm. totally different right. side to both Miles and Peter, and they're great too. Right, and it's just strange that this character, I, and I, I think it really has to do like his grassroots approach to his superhero stories. I really think it is just a, a young inner city person dealing with like not just the Spider-Man superhero issues, but dealing with the issues of their own life. I think are so attractive, and I feel it very hard for them to mess up a story like this. You know, I, I really see every Spider-Man story is very unique that way, but also very similar. It's just a very, again, a very odd thing to me. Right. Well, there's that, you know, common thread, if you will, pun intended, <laughs> um, where, you know, there are variations to their backstory, to their characters, but, and I love, they met, have a moment in that, you know, when they're coming to the realization, like you can't save everybody. And, you know, for me, it was my uncle Ben, or for me, it was this person. So, there is like this core foundation of like what it means to be a Spider-Man, what a Spider-Man has to experience. So while we do have these different variations, they all have things in common um, that can kind of bring them together. Yeah. Again, it's just Spider-Man is such a, a lasting character and it's ironic. I feel like Spider-Man's always part of that kind of boom when it comes to superhero related media. Uh, we saw it even just from like early on. He was one of the first television superheroes to debut in live action. Uh, when Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man, that kind of reinvigorated like the whole, 
uh, live action superhero Marvel genre. Like it kind of brought it back from the dead after Batman kind of froze it off a little bit. No pun intended with Batman and Robin. Uh, we saw it kind of come back a little bit. And then again, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, once that kind of brought in, it brought a whole new layer of animation and studios going, oh, this is something interesting and different we can do with a character. Uh, we're seeing movies like Puss in Boots, uh, the new TMNT that's coming out, you know, adopting this very comic bred style and again it's just incredible to see it it really is and again it's just very interesting that spider-man seems to be a part of all these like almost cultural shifts within the cinema i think it's very interesting but let's talk about this movie right now so when you watch this movie it's such a sensory overload for me and it's again as we said before it's incredibly beautiful um adam do you have like a favorite scene or some kind of visual cue that you really liked in this movie i mean i can name a thousand so it's it's just oh I one of the ones that always stands out for me is the spray paint. Yeah, I love the way that uh, a lot of the scenes are conveyed through spray paint or, you know, just by the way that things are or uh, the story is told, like, you know, I guess accentuated with the whole uh, spray painting is, is I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's such a like a street sense of style, which I really yes. like. And again, it, it just adds to that whole like another level. It's not something you're typically going to see. And I, like you said, it's very artistic that way, too. But I'm not being over the top artistic either. It's just very accessible, I think. Uh, Julie, how about you? Is there something that you really liked as far as like the visual style of this movie? There's so many great moments. Um, it's a combination of, I guess, the visual and story beats. But I loved um, every time when we're introduced to another spider person. They're like, all right, here we go. Take it from the top. Comic book slaps down. And then you're immersed right into their world. Um, and then I guess specifically when we're introduced to, I guess, the remaining three or four, you know, Spider-Ham, uh, Spider-Man Noir, and I can't remember the other girl with the robot spider. Mm. So it's like back to back to back. You're getting these character introductions. Penny. 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 Yeah. Penny. Penny yes. <laughs> Um, Penny Parker in various different um, animation styles. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think it is. And it's interesting how I feel like it's introduced this whole type of like frame rate shift. And it, I, I could see some people not enjoying it right away. I do remember when I saw it in the theater, it took me, I would say what, maybe like 10, 15, 20 minutes to get used to it because it's very juddery at first and your eyes aren't used to it. But once you get used to it, you really feel like you're absorbed into the style. It's, it's very cool. It's, it's kind of like an abstract 3D. And again, more to the point, what you said too, Julie, is with the comic book style. It's funny, a lot of superhero movies I always feel like are ashamed of their comic book origins or, you know, they don't they don't want to really talk about how they were comic book heroes. Spider-Verse is not that way. It wears it with a badge of honor throughout this entire movie. Literally, frames are set up like comic books. Uh, when there's characters talking, they'll cut the screen in half and they'll be you'll see different camera perspectives. I just think that's incredible storytelling while staying true to what a comic book is. Uh, again, very, very accessible, which I can see why adults and young children can actually f f enjoy the story even more to some degree, I think, just because of that visual style. A um, couple other things we could talk about. Not just, again, the visuals are second to none, I think. Again, we, we kind of could praise this over and over for hours. The story and the voice acting make this movie really work because I think everyone uh, is perfectly cast in this movie. Um, you know, I, I really can't think of anyone else besides uh, Shamik Moore, who plays Miles Morales. He's incredible. He looks really old, which which is funny. You see like what he looks like in real life, and then you see Miles Morales. Like he looked like the two different people. I think that's hilarious. But he does a great job to Miles. He really brings this 
sincerity to the character and this emotion. And you have like Marshala Ali, who's another amazing actor and obviously amazing voice actor playing his uncle Aaron uh, when they have their Uncle Ben moment in the movie. It moves you, you know, and this movie really knows how to do that. Uh, what do you think of the emotion in this movie, Adam? Because it's not something I feel like we typically get, even in a lot of the modern Marvel movies, they, I feel like they, they always kind of graze over some of these points. We never get to this depth level of emotion. It's crazy how well balanced this movie is between, you know, the comedic points and the emotion that it brings. And it's like there's so much to this film. There's so many different layers to it because at one mo- one moment, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll have something that, uh, you know, you're laughing at. And then there's the next moment, there's something that you really relate to that everybody can relate to at some point in their lives. Right. And it's just so fantastic. And I think that's what makes this movie so much more um, approachable. Yeah, I think it does too. And again, the twist on the the Spider-Man story, while keeping it similar to the story we've all come to know, it also adds its own twist to it. And again, I love when I can see a character grow in a movie. And I think Miles is like the perfect character. I've seen Peter Parker do it several times now at this point. So when you bring Miles Morales into the Spider-Man character, that's just automatically more interesting to me. It's something completely different. But at the same time, just those, those beats they hit, they really know how to do it. And... It, it's incredible. It really is. This, this movie really is shocking. It's shocking how good this movie is when you really watch it. Uh, how about you, Julie? Was there any like emotional beats that you really liked in this movie? Yeah, I mean, everything. Like As you were talking, I'm just thinking of all the different themes that are covered and hit in this movie between even just one character or several characters. I love Peter B. Parker, uh, yeah. voiced by Jake Johnson. He was just great. And, you know, most of the time he's comedic relief, but he also has like, he's depressed. He has his own inner turmoil. And I, you know, the fact that he's like, there's nothing else for me. I'm going to be the one to stay behind and, you know, putting himself in front of Miles. But then, you know, that last little bit where he realizes like, I think it's kind of delivered in a joke way, but that he does want to have kids now after dealing with Miles and kind of being a father figure to him. I thought that was a really sweet relationship over the course of the movie. Right, and maybe that's one of the biggest other achievements in this movie is that the way Marvel has done the multiverse saga as far as telling their stories, I don't know about you guys, I haven't been the biggest fan of the way they've been doing it. You know, they, they I feel like Marvel, and when they do something like this, and I'm talking about the Disney-owned Marvel, because you could confuse this as Marvel too. It gets a little weird with the rights, but the Disney version of Marvel that they've done with multiverse things, I feel like it's more about the surprise of like, oh, look who this character is, or oh, look who this actor is. Sure, this movie kind of does that to an extent, but everyone's here for a reason. Like Peter B. Parker is there to tell the story. You know, he's not just in there to make ha ha, have fun and laughs. Like he's actually there to bring an emotional crux to the story. Uh, I mean, you have like Spider-Ham, which is voiced by John Mulaney. He's funny, but he's also like a weird crux to the story too, delivering one of like the most important lines. You know, everybody, you can't save everyone. Like everyone has a piece. I mean, Spider-Man Noir voiced by the amazing Nicolas Cage, who, you know, we love on this channel. We got a whole month dedicated to the man. Uh, he even his, even his noir character adds something to the story. All these different facets and different characters, these different Spider-Mans that they bring together are helping Miles evolve as a character. And Spider-Gwen, who's a young girl in the same situation, similar situation, I should say, is Miles, you know, being new to this. 
it's just very interesting. And I love how they just pay tribute to the history of Spider-Man, but aren't just going for the sheer, like, look who this is or look who that is. It actually matters to the story that they're telling at hand. And I think that's just crazy incredible. And it's an achievement. It's not easy to do. I completely agree. Because um, like you said, I feel like everything else with the Disney-owned Marvel's attempt at multiverse, it, it's dragged out, taking forever, but and everything's surface level. Where this, every single Spider-Man alternate has depth, has meaning. Even if it's not, you know, like Penny Parker, for example. I got emotional when her little robot got crushed, right? Maybe that's the extent of it, but she had an emotional connection. Some level where, you know, all the Doctor Stranges I could really give two craps about in yeah, and they're not it's, just generic, right? I know Adam would right, agree too. Yeah. It's not just like evil Doctor Strange, like, oh, I'm bad Doctor Strange and I'm here. These are actually like just fun There's characters death. that they're really giving us. And it's so crazy that this is just one movie that it's doing all of this right. in. It's right. It's so wild. It's so crazy. It's incredibly successful. It just it really is. And again, this movie had no business being as good as it is. And the more I watch it, again, the, the more I'm intrigued by it. And it doesn't just do that with, I think, its um, heroes. Uh, one of the big contentions I've seen with this movie is the villain. Uh, Kingpin ends up being the big villain in this movie. Now, looking at that choice, is it a bit underwhelming? Yeah, I, I personally think so. I know Spider-Man and Kingpin do have a history together, but they have Lee Shriver, who's the Sabretooth for all our Wolverine fans out there, uh, doing the voice of Kingpin delivers again, an emotional performance. I don't know about you. I mean, even though it is emotional, I think it works incredibly well with him wanting his family back. It sets up the plot and moves everything along. Adam, do you think Kingpin was a good choice for a villain? Would you have picked maybe someone a little more iconic, a little more different? Because when you look at it, it is kind of like an odd out of all the characters you could have picked. It does seem like a bit of an odd choice. See, I'm looking at it because that was the same year that the Spider-Man game came out. And right. Kingpin was a pretty prolific uh, villain in that game as well. This is true. Right. So I don't know if I was maybe looking for a little bit more variety. Yeah. Or maybe that was just like a safer choice for them. And that's but tough I, too, right? It still worked. I guess maybe it was to make that the Kingpin character uh, or, you know, the villain relatable too. Right. And it may, if you have like Green Goblin, which is in the movie, though their ultimate Green Goblin is in this mm -hmm. movie, uh, he's not really the most relatable villain. He's just a giant goblin monster attacking right. people. So I think you yeah. needed some kind of human level. Uh, I just, it's just, again, it feels strange when I've, I'm used to it now. Obviously, we've watched the movie, I've enjoyed it, I've had a good time. But I could see definitely from like the outset being like, Kingpin is like your big bad guy for a Spider Verse movie. Right. It, it just, it does seem like a strange choice, I think. For me, at the end of the day, I think it, he's just kind of like um, a means to an end almost. Because at the end of the day, it's like, not that it's the villain, but their challenge is to, I guess, you know, close the multiverse, you know, and mm -hmm. get everyone back to their own homes. And of course, you know, journeys of self-discovery and all that. So he's just kind of like a catalyst for that. Right. And minor antagonist in the grand scheme of things. And maybe you can um, look at it too, like it's a lesser... I mean, Miles Morales, this is his first time as Spider-Man. You don't want to give him, like, the super A++ yeah, to overcome. You kind of need someone, like, you could take that guy. That's okay. You could, you could beat him up. That's the, you're, you're good. 
I mean, there were other villains, though, too. We can't right. forget, you know, there was the Prowler, Scorpion well, was yeah. there, and Doc Ock was there. Yeah, which was a different Doc Ock, which I was actually surprised by that. That that took me, maybe I wasn't paying close attention the whole time in the movie, because there are, like, signs of her being Doc Ock, I think, early on in the movie. But when she revealed, uh, and voiced by Catherine Hahn, which is amazing, too, uh, yeah. when Doc Ock, you know, reveals herself, I'm like, that, that was pretty cool. That was a good twist. I really liked that. And again, just the building on that character. It's something different I wasn't expecting. And I, I think it just does a great job with that. I really do. Um, another thing I think we should talk about, too, is um, the the sound design, which is funny that Adam brought up the Prowler, because that was one of the most unique things I think I took out of this movie. Uh, whenever the Prowler, which is his Uncle Aaron, we find out later in the movie, is the villain, the Prowler, the sound design with that character is absolutely phenomenal. And we've, we've said that about the rest of the movie being good, but especially with this character overall, just, he has such a presence on screen and what a way to really deliver a threat. It, it kind of makes me like a little nervous and you know, it's like, it's supposed to be a kid's movie too. But when you hear just the, like the, it's like they took the sound design and they mixed it with the soundtrack as well. And they become one. And like we said, it feels like this whole movie itself, it's an organic living being. And like, it's like the pulse of the soundtrack is in each character. And just when the prowler shows up on screen, it's like, Oh my God. And then you find out it's his uncle and the soundtrack kind of like settles down and you hear those words kind of disappear. Phenomenal work right here. It, It really is. Yeah. And really even in conjunction with the animation, because you have, the spider sense alert and then instant that uh, the blare of that um so and like you said it's even before you see him you hear that sound and you are filled with dread um and it's just so well executed and even not even the sound design i even just love the soundtrack the music that is put into this movie is incredible great music to listen to but so purposefully chosen for the specific scene it's in as opposed to like let's just throw in this popular pop song you know like everything is in there for a reason no everything is definitely to the beat of this movie all these songs are like essentially custom made for this movie to some degree and it shows it it definitely adds i think to the overall experience uh last thing we'll talk about that i think we're going to give our scores here this was the last movie that stan lee made an appearance in in this movie. And I would have to say out of all the Stanley appearances we've ever had in a movie, this was probably the most touching, even for me as a comic book fan, just that dialogue when, you know, miles is like buying a Spider-Man suit at the, the, the convenience store. And he's like, Oh, you know, what if it doesn't fit? Can I return it? And it's like, it always fits eventually. That just like, really, I don't know what it was. And every time I watch it, I, I do tear up a little bit. And that's a lot for me in a movie for that to happen. But just those words being uttered. And then the, like the little joke where they shift to the discount sign and you see it's like, oh, no, there's no returns. Like that's typical Stan Lee humor right there. Just that, that emotion along with that gut punch. And then at the end, I think it's really cool. They have like this special line at the end with Stan Lee's glasses. You stay for the end credits of the movie. Uh, it says, thank you, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, who also passed away. was one of the co-creators of Spider-Man uh, for telling us we're not the only ones. And that's such a really amazing premise this movie has. But Spider-Man is always typically like the lone hero in his story where it's only him versus, you know, the dregs of the city. And maybe that's what makes this movie more amazing is the fact that it tells you that you're not the only one. And I think that's great for Spider-Man. It's, a, it's an evolution in his character and and... An evolution for media. This this movie's just fantastic. I, I really don't have much more to say. So uh, I think we're ready to give our final scores. I'm going to give Spider-Man 
Into the Spider-Verse, a 10 out of 10. Can I return it if it doesn't fit? It always fits. Eventually. This movie's fantastic. I, you know, it won all these awards for reasons for its visual design, its sound design. Uh, this movie is a masterpiece. I think if you go back and look at 2018 going forward, you see a monumental shift in animation, and this movie is the reason why. Uh, you can show that, uh, you know, what's normally considered a animation, you know, a style for children can be something even more vibrant, even more expansive and more mind opening and emotional than even a child can understand. This movie's made for adults as much as it is for children. Uh, Spider-Man is a legendary character for a reason. And I think Into the Spider-Verse really proves that it's a it's a masterpiece in filmmaking and not just because of its visual style, but because it's aided so well in its storytelling and emotional beats. Adam, how about you? What do you think on this one? Well, judging by the fact that I would like to rewatch the movie already because of our conversation, I'm going to give Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse a 10 out of 10 as well. And it's a no on the cape. I think it's cool. Take that off. It's disrespectful. <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't wear a cape. It's just a phenomenal movie. And if you haven't seen it, just you got to you do yourself a favor and go check it out. Yeah, it, it really is timeless, I think. And I, I think we will be talking for this movie for years to come on the level of like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man that we still talk about now. Uh, it's just, it really is that phenomenal. And again, I think in my opinion, even better than some, in, in my opinion. Julie. I agree. All right, Julie, how about you? What do you think on this one? I'm going to be giving Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse a 10 out of 10 as well. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. I just washed my hands. That's why they're wet. No other reason. At the end of the day, it really is a perfect Spider-Man movie, and it accomplishes things that live action simply can't um, and tells a beautiful story with phenomenal voice acting, sound design, animation. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, Spider-Man, again, I think he just is an iconic character. And again, I just can't stress to you how interesting it is we can have all these different Spider-Man stories when Peter Parker isn't the only Spider-Man. That's just very interesting that a character like this can survive and evolve over the years and just be as interesting as he was from the day he debuted. But this is an amazing movie that was made. I, I really, you know, you're going to see a lot of reviewers and a lot of people talk about how much impact this movie has had. And I don't have to tell you about it because I know you've all seen it. Any animated movie you've seen recently, even every superhero movie you've seen recently, it takes a little bit from this movie and puts it in there because Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a one-of-a-kind movie. But thank you guys all so much for joining us for this episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin. That's Adam and Julie. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. We'll catch you next time. If you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. Just search The Real Movie Guys, you should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.